Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Matt, are we breaking the law by being here? I think the fact that we've been bunkered together, just you and me for a week and a half is okay. This is the quarantine. Yeah. We were recording our last Epipod when news came in that we were supposed to quarantine, so we contacted our wives. Sorry, ladies. We're going to be here. You get no more of this for a couple weeks. (laughs) Tell the kids we love them. Yep. Send us some Arby's. (laughs) I wonder if Melting Pot delivers. (laughs) Well, again, if you don't have time to sit down and enjoy a fine dining experience, fondue, fondue, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we don't serve fondue here at Melting Pot. (laughs) We serve fondue. Trademark. Patent pending. Then you can go to Arby's and you can at least get that melted cheese goodness. That'll help you get through these trying times. Mm -hmm. Get some of those curly fries. Dip them in that cheese. Gross. (laughs) Get some of those folds of beef. Pour that cheese on them. Oh, man. The beef itself is like liquid. It kind of is. So hot and foldy. Drink it down. I think that's our new motto. Drink it down? Drink it down. (laughs) Arby's. Drink it down. Drink down our folds of beef. We're never getting a sponsor, are we? These are some crazy times we're in here, Matt. I am six feet away from you, which is a little bit different from our usual recording setup where... I sit in your lap. (laughs) And we share a mic. <laughs> That's right. And headphones. <laughs> we just get one ear. Yep. What are we going to call this thing? COVID-19 or coronavirus? What's what's proper? I think if we're trying to be all like scientific, mm-hmm. we should say COVID-19. I think people come here for... Science. Yeah. And facts. Last time we talked about how if you kill somebody, they become a zombie. Sure. And they come yeah. and kill you because right. of science. Yeah. I think we'll go with COVID-19. How have y'all coped through this time? We've been sitting around talking about our feelings, which is great. It's, it's you sitting around telling your kids how scared you are. <laughs> it's like uh, I'm telling them all my opinions of, of each of them. In uh, case we die, kids, I want you to know. I want, I want you to know how I really feel. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you. Um, we've done a lot of family bonding. Mm-hmm. Watched more movies together than we normally have. Mm-hmm. I mean, normally we're all over the place with kids and activities and so it's, it's kind of in a weird way been a nice little reprieve where, you know, we by law have to hang out together. Yeah. And it's been it's been really nice. I mean, we've done a lot of things together as a family and we've gone on family walks and we're playing board games more than we would have and yeah it's, it's a weird positive byproduct of this this whole thing i think there are helpful perspectives mm-hmm. uh, which helps us get through and that is one of them that we've shared as well for those of you listening who don't have a roommate or you know you're not with your family mm-hmm. for those folks just know that uh you may be isolated but you are not alone right you got your finest work friends matt and i are here for That's you right we're providing you some Mild entertainment. Sure. <laughs> These episodes are roughly 45 minutes long. Yeah. So we've done like 21, 22 of them or so. I mean, that's almost a thousand minutes that you could spend yeah. just listening to just, us. So but that's like three days? Probably so. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, world. So Matt, what album are we going to review today? I was thinking about how this is really, to me, one of the great mysteries in, in pop culture. There are unsolved mysteries like, you know, what happened to Amelia Earhart? What happened to the Lost Colony? How did people not know Millie Vanilli weren't actually singing? Mm-hmm. But then, to me, one of the great mysteries in modern pop culture is not that this band that we're going to talk about reached heights and then plummeted, but the fact that no one talks about them anymore. Of all the 90s bands that are still in our conscience 
for whatever reason, they're not. And they were so huge. And they don't even get really like talked about in the sort of made fun of way. No, that's right. They just don't get talked about. No. The band we're talking about today is live and the album is Throwing Copper. on finest work songs we like to start our epipods off by talking about our memories so matt what is your memory of live throwing copper probably my junior senior year of high school i remember seeing a video for pain lies on the riverside which was on mental jewelry their previous album it sounded like something very unique they didn't look like rock stars essentially clean cut looking dudes in the video and i remember just being struck by that really loved and still really liked that album a lot and so i was already on board with what live was doing when throwing copper came out so this came out in april of 94 that would have been like the tail end of my freshman year of college as we talked about previous episodes, it was one of those albums that, you know, you would go from dorm room to dorm room and this album would just, was always playing. Yeah. To me, they were in that same vein as at that time for me, like REM, where they were, weren't always sure what they were talking about. It was a little nebulous. It was a little nerdy. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was, you felt like you were in on something if you were into live. If I think back to that time of my life, this album was, was a pretty big part of that time. It fit easily within pop music and alternative music and college music. Mm-hmm. It sort of dipped a toe in each. Yeah, it dipped some cheese it, and it, all. all it that. dipped Ed Kowalczyk's rat tail <laughs> in like each pond. <laughs> <laughs> Which, listener, if you're like, who's what? Ed Kowalczyk is the lead singer, yeah. and he had a monumental rat tail oh, yeah. that you need to check out. Stop the podcast right now. Google, Google. Ed Kowalczyk. You'll know how to spell it. Uh, rat yeah. tail. Or just Google melting pot famous guests. <laughs> and they love him because he always dips the rat tail. That's how he tests the cheese. You know, he dips the rat tail in the cheese and then just like, <laughs> just kind of slurps it off. <laughs> he lets his family taste it too. Hey, hey kids. It's like a mama bird yeah, that's right. feeding the youngsters. <laughs> like that's how he fed them when they were little. He would, dip it into some baby food and then just like swab it on their mouth here comes the choo-choo <laughs> oh my gosh his kids are scarred what about you what what's your memory of live and throwing copper well matt during this time of quarantine everyone is forced to slow down and for people who are really into their work that can be tough and that was me at one time work was everything mm-hmm. i was in a relationship but We hadn't even gotten married yet, basically because my schedule. It was so bad that even one Christmas, I was pulled away from time with my relatives to go solve a work problem. I was flying at the time to Malaysia. My plane actually crashed (laughs) in in the Pacific Ocean. Oh, man. Only I escaped. Next thing I remember is waking up on an island. A lot of the packages came up from the plane. I, I worked for FedEx. Sadly, nobody had ordered a life raft or, uh, you know, a flare gun or potable water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried to escape. I couldn't get off the island. I was stuck. I got really frustrated. I had no one to talk to. And so what I did was I took a volleyball. I drew a face on the ball using my own blood. 
I named it Wilson because I have zero imagination and Wilson was written on the ball. <laughs> that became my friend. I was crazy. <laughs> I lived there for four years, always dreaming of getting off the island, getting back to my love and regretting that I had spent so much time with work instead of things that matters. Mm -hmm. Finally, I was able to get on the raft and overcome the surf that kept me on the island. While floating on the ocean, though, sadly, a storm nearly tore my raft apart. And the next day, I woke up and saw that Wilson had fallen off the raft and mm. was lost. And so I'd lost my only friend. But then I made some new friends because a uh, cargo ship came by and picked me up. I get home. I'm all over the news, find out that all my family and friends had given up on me. They held a funeral, which, I mean, four years I'm gone. The plane went down and you still, they don't hold out hope. I guess I can't blame them, but I'm still a little salty. No pun intended. I found out that my girlfriend married my dentist. Oof. I found out when I went into the dentist to make an appointment. You know, I'm like, man, I've been on this island for four years. My teeth are wrecked, you know? And he's like, oh, hey, I'm making love to your girlfriend. That's uh, really unprofessional for a dentist to talk like that. <laughs> well, he's a dirty dentist. <laughs> <laughs> a dirty dentist. <laughs> I make my way to my true love and I find her. And as soon as I see her, you know, she says, you're alive. And I say, yeah. And she says, let me finish. You're a live fan because I have this great <laughs> album called Throwing Coppers that came out while you were gone and you're going to enjoy it. And that's how I heard of this album. So you were probably a few years behind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right. But it was man. no less impactful. Sure. No, of course not. <laughs> oh, man. When you're, when you're on that island, mm -hmm. you know, you get over the shock of being by yourself on an island. Mm -hmm. What is that thing you do <laughs> to... To keep going every day. <laughs> it had to be something big. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Matt, my memory is similar to yours. It, this album, like so many others, when you're in college, just came out of nowhere. Videos and these songs and these hits were everywhere, both on MTV and alternative radio. So. And pop radio. Yeah. A couple of these songs were everywhere on Top 40 radio. They were huge. Matt, I believe for the first time, we're uh, not going to start with the opening track. No, we're not. Why is that? Because it's an awful song. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, like a seven minute long. <laughs> and to me, the, the, the second song was really, it honestly feels like it's the real first song on this album. I agree. And this is Selling the Drama. To love the God. To fear the flame and to burn a crowd that has a name and to right or wrong and to meek or strong it is known to scream from the Balance between pop and rock, mm -hmm. both with his singing. So he could sing melodically. Yeah, and very pretty. pretty. Then also he's got this great yell. Growl. Yeah, that he'll employ. Another thing about Live is that his lyrics are seemingly deep. 
<laughs> he writes things that sound poetic and to burn a crowd that has a name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now we won't be scarred like that. You know, it just yeah. seems very serious and very earnest in how he is singing about no one knows what. <laughs> right. And, and, you, and you get the feeling that like he's got to be one of the, like the mopiest guys at a party at the keg while he's getting a beer. Yeah. And he'd be the guy you're like, oh man, how do I get out of this conversation? I think he's intense more than mopey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I do think that you get stuck in conversations with him. Yeah. And you can't get out. And I feel like he would end up talking about like some conspiracy theory. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be the one to tell you about some horrible third world dictator that you had never heard of before this. So you'd be like, okay, I'm going to go on the other side of the room now yeah. and talk about Wilson Phillips. (laughs) (laughs) The lyrics are, they're deep, they're intense. They're supposed to make you think. I mean, I think that's the the point of it. They were so nerdy as well. Because in the vein of like a, on a different level, like REM, where you know, REM, you're sometimes interpreting lyrics. And I think there's there's some of that with, with live as well. And REM was a big influence to these guys. I got the sense that he worshipped Michael Stipe. Mm-hmm. Everything from having his shirt off all the time. Right. You know? Shaving his head. Yeah. Being that... The thoughtful front man. Yeah. Which is funny because he was surrounded by kind of a bunch of bros. Chads. Yeah. A couple of chads <laughs> behind him. The band is made up of... Chad on lead guitar, Chad on drums, and uh, Patrick on bass. Yeah. Their story is kind of neat. They grew up together in Pennsylvania. York, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Not exactly a hotbed of music. Hotbed of Peppermint Patties, though. <laughs> is that where Peppermint Patties come from? I think so. I'm going to have to look that up. I've never <laughs> thought about that. Next thing you're going to tell me is that Hershey's chocolate comes from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Oh, no, that's silly talk. Yeah, that's crazy. York Peppermint Patty was created in the city in 1940. I wonder if Live talked in the early days about chasing that fame of the peppermint patty. <laughs> Guys, we're going to be bigger than the peppermint patty. Man, shut your mouth. Don't disparage the peppermint patty. <laughs> That's the symbol of our town. <laughs> or they're like, I just want to make it big one day where I can eat all the peppermint patties I want. Yeah. Not have to worry about going down to the factory and getting a sample. I want to know. <laughs> think they would just kids just walk down to the factory please sir can i have another i wonder if the high schools in in new york are like the peppermint patties or the patties you know the fighting patties fighting patties i like the idea of the york patties going down and playing the hershey kisses (laughs) for the state championship they fight over like a chocolate trophy and the team eats it after the game. They devour it. Just covered in chocolate. And then they go hit the showers of chocolate after the game. Like all the, you know, the, the Golden Corral, like chocolate fountain. Like yeah. People in New York and Hershey are like, we've been doing that for 50 years. That's right. All our fountains are chocolate. Our public fountains. Birds swimming in them. So what were we talking about? The band? Oh, the band. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so these chocoholics were uh <laughs> formed a band in nineteen eighty four. Before they settled on the name Live, they went through names like First Aid, Ooh. Paisley Blues, Club Fungus. Oh. The problem with that one is that it would be weird when they played at Club Fungus. Yeah, that's it's, true. Yeah. You know, live at Club Fungus. Club Fungus. <laughs> and it wasn't until four years later in ninety one that they changed their name to Live. 
Mm. I love hearing the names of bands before they settled on their name. Those are some doozies. Live is not a good name. It's a little bit better when you put the accent over the eye. No, it's not. That's confusing. It's confusing, but I mean, you know. It might look better. But it looks better. Yeah. I read one article that said maybe part of the reason they've been forgotten is that in this era of Google. Right. If you type in live, you're not going to come up with the band. No. There's going to be a million other things yep. that happen. Yeah, as smart as they were, they were not smart enough to yeah. predict that. They were stuck in the era of chocolate. <laughs> the pre-internet era of chocolate, and they didn't see what was coming in technology. Nope. 200 years of the chocolate era, then we moved into the modern internet <laughs> the digital, age. The digital era. The digital yeah. era. Yeah. That's pretty much what historians have broken up <laughs> America into. Yeah. The chocolate age and the digital age. And all of you will be comforted to know that I used to teach middle school history. <laughs> <laughs> so for all of you who uh, were in my classes, I apologize. <laughs> so as we keep moving along, next song in the album was their second single, I love. It's easier not to be wise To measure these things by your grace I sank into Eden with you Alone in the church by and by I read to you here, save your eyes you need them, your boat is at sea Your anchor is out, you've been swept away And the greatest of teachers won't hesitate To leave you there If you date Ed Kowalczyk, mm -hmm. a typical date is what he's singing about here. That they're going to find themselves in some abandoned church, and he's going to read to you mm -hmm. and tell you to save your eyes, that you're going to need them because your boat is at sea. You're going to end up wandering a graveyard. <laughs> Talking to you about everyone in the graveyard and what they did. And yeah. Then you're going to steal a pie off a windowsill, <laughs> and you're going to eat it in an abandoned boxcar. <laughs> It's so intense, yeah. so dramatic, but you never know what he's saying. Right. If we were going back to the, the analogy of college 100 level sociology course, on one side of the classroom is Dave Matthews. Uh-huh. You know, and he's you know talking about, what if I had been a parking lot attendant? Yeah. You know, and Ed Kowalczyk's probably on the other side of the class, like scoffing loudly at him. <laughs> Idiot. Sitting there wagging his ponytail yeah, around, like know, twisting it around his finger. Thinking that that guy's an idiot. That guy's not deep. He doesn't know what's going on. I've thought long and hard about the mysteries of the world. I could see him getting fed up and slamming his hands on the table and looking over at Dave Matthews <laughs> and be like, answer me a question, Dave. When's the last time that you cradled a baby in space? <laughs> When's the last time you tried to hold the sea? <laughs> it's these big existential questions. Mm -hmm. But at the time, these lyrics seemed important yeah. and deep. And then again, that's the thing is like, you could have this album playing and you could put off an air that you were a little bit smarter if you were like really into live. 
Did you ever put this song on a mixtape for a girl? All the time. I mean, no, nothing works better than I Alone Tempt You. <laughs> Even I Alone Love You. I like Alone Love You. Pretty creepy. Yeah. You know? She's like, I mean, I got a family. My parents love no, me. No, 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 no. No, just me. I wonder if he ever took the lyrics to the chads, to the bros. They just roll their eyes. They're like, whatever, man. <laughs> whatever, man. That's the heck you say. We're just chasing that peppermint patty dream. <laughs> <laughs> You're the mint. We're the chocolate. <laughs> Whatever you say, Mint, chocolate's going to surround you. We got you. <laughs> He's getting down. Uh, I have writer's block. They're like, listen, man, you're the Mint. <laughs> Everybody knows that peppermint patty is not just chocolate. That's right. The Mint is what makes it. You are what make live. That's the difference between us and Hershey. Hershey, yeah. they're just chocolate. We yeah, got they the get mint. all frustrated. Man, cut it out. You're not just chocolate. You're the Mint. If we were just chocolate, we'd be a bunch of Hershey kisses. <laughs> Oh, the Chads. When I hear this song now, it reminds me of all that came after it. Bands like Creed and uh, Nickelback, maybe. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to that stuff. But at the time, this predated them. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of why Live got so big is that they existed in this place in pop and alternative music Mm -hmm. where they rocked like bands like Pearl Jam, Mm -hmm. but then they had much more pretty melodic side to them, like an R.E.M. or Counting Crows. So they, they really existed in this like perfect triangle that kind of existed in the middle of it. And they, and they were, again, they were fairly, you know, for the time esoteric, you know, with the mm-hmm. things they were singing about. And, and it's a really cleanly produced sound too. There, there aren't like mistakes in these songs. I mean, they're, they're super clean with that cleanliness of production. You can listen to you know, the first part of, of one of these songs and it mirrors up with a later part of the song. And that goes with every sort of hit on this album. It almost like drills it into you. You recognize these songs almost immediately mm-hmm. as you hear them over and over again. But to your point about them sort of being pre, I don't even know what genre you would call it. But and that's kind of my point earlier. Like, you know, the Creeds and Nickelbacks are the bands that people talk about now in a not pleasant way generally mm-hmm. so it's odd to me that live the span that was kind of the, the the forebears of that kind of gets forgotten and maybe that's why is that they existed within those different camps yeah you don't forget pearl jam right they almost were pushing things towards a genre whereas if live had dipped ed's ponytail into mm-hmm. that genre you know he would also turn around and dip it into the rem <laughs> side of things yep. it is a, a strange phenomenon to me that they aren't a band that you hear even on really that often on like satellite radio, the nineties channel, like you rarely hear live. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to me. They've disappeared. Mm -hmm. This next song is probably the one people remember most. It was inescapable for a while, Mm -hmm. especially with the very dramatic video. And this is lightning crashes. This is a very 90s sounding album. Mm-hmm. Part of that is their use of the phaser, which yeah. is that sound you hear with this opening guitar. Mm-hmm.
I've had a dime for every every song that had the word placenta in it. <laughs> You'd have a shiny dime. Yeah, one dime. <laughs> They're going to buy me myself a peppermint patty. 1943. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So this, this song actually wasn't originally released as a single. Yeah, it was not a single, but it was on the radio so much that it reached number 12. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. And you'll appreciate this. I was reading... A little background on this. The record company was like, this will be a single over our dead bodies. Are you serious? Yes. I bet it was the word placenta. It sounds like they were also not super psyched about the video, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. It was, was very intense. You know, if you haven't seen the video, watch the video. The assumption was that the mother died. That's what I always thought until and, probably two weeks ago. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> As did most logical people. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not actually. Ed. The mom dying would be too literal for Ed Kowalczyk. It right. would be actually telling a story. But instead, he was saying that he saw this taking place in a hospital where there's simultaneous deaths and births happening. You know, So in one room, you've got a family mourning the loss of an old woman, while in another family, a baby is being born from a young mother. And he says, nobody's dying in the act of childbirth. According to Ed, it's actually a, a happy ending. There's a transference of life. So yeah. this kind of circle of life type thing. He was really into the Lion King yeah, at this time. That's right. Same same time frame, probably. <laughs> I bet his initial vision for the video was like, he would be naked and getting someone huge like Andre the Giant to hold him up like Simba. Couldn't you see a, a video like, oh, I want to be the baby being born. Oh my gosh, yeah. And he's like all like oiled up. Yeah. And to sell the idea, he probably came in there oiled up. <laughs> They're like, ew, what's wrong with you? You need a shower? No. I was just born. <laughs> He's like, Chad. Which you, and they're both like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Which He's one? like, all right, in this video, Chad, you're the mom. Other Chad, you're the placenta falling to the floor. <laughs> Patrick, you just stand back and play bass. <laughs> one of those Chads I remember had a goatee. Yeah. And I feel like he rocked that goatee before goatees were cool. And after goatees well, were after, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He would shave it, and the next morning it was there. <laughs> like when Homer shaves. Yes, when Homer shaves his beard. Or I have my friend Jeremy Tallman. 
He has an eternal mustache. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he could shave it, but by 5 p.m., his mustache is just That's rocking. Insane. And he won't embrace it. He's cool, clean cut dude, you yeah. know. But I just remember thinking, man, if you could rock it like that, you should be growing that thing out. That's right. He did grow it out for my wedding, though. I requested that, and he showed up at my wedding with the mustache. Nice. Yep. It was the best thing to happen on your wedding day. That's why it was the best day of my life. <laughs> just kidding, Irish lady. <laughs> well, I think one of the other things that made Lightning Crashes such a hit, the chorus is pretty catchy. Did you ever see these guys in concert? Yes. Yeah. It's one of those parts where you'll get everyone singing. It's beautiful. Yeah. and It is funny that to Ed Kowalczyk, this is his idea of a happy ending song. <laughs> To the rest of us who went through the 90s, if we had to pick like the top 10 saddest songs of the 90s, this is probably one. This is top three. Yeah. Yeah. This (laughs) and um, Tears in Heaven. Tears in Heaven was so sad. Here comes the coronavirus. (laughs) See, this is is like the... Oh, okay. It reminded me of like, that's when things start happening, like in Walking Dead and everything. That's right. Post-apocalyptic. It's like... For some reason, the horns are crashing. Yeah. And you're like, well, not even a car around. I like the idea in a post-apocalyptic world that you and I are risking our lives to record a podcast. (laughs) About live. (laughs) I mean, just to kind of pile on just kind of the earnestness of it. New York Magazine described the band as, quote, deeply mystical. Oh, man, that made Ed's day. Forget all those peppermint patties. Yeah. We've made it, boys. I'm pretty sure that was the nickname he gave his rat tail. (laughs) Deeply mystical. Deeply mystical. (laughs) We haven't talked about where the album title came from. I always thought throwing copper, like that seems like alchemy magic and mysticism it sounds foolhardy to me right copper is very valuable right (laughs) why would you throw it apparently they were in a like a sporting goods store and had a bb a fight where they were throwing bbs at each other i'm sure to ed admit something deeper he was in the bathroom in the interview where they asked one of the chads (laughs) and they were like oh man that time we had a bb gun fight we're in target yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's the best day of my life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right and they all three high five yep they totally do and ed's like oh gosh shaking his head Please. these bros <laughs> which those bros i mean they're good 90s alternative rock like they do it really well yeah and, and they were they were a solid live band mm-hmm. i mean i saw them several times and definitely good at what they did says i've often tried to hold the sea <laughs> which most people would think oh that's that's neat i bet that means something and he's like no i literally have walked to the shore tried to hold the sea and the chads run by Woo! <laughs> jump into the water skimboarding 
they've got girls on their shoulders and they're doing like chicken fights. And meanwhile, Ed's standing at the shore, fully clothed, like reaching out his arms, trying to hold the seat. Fully clothed, but he's wearing like a white shirt unbuttoned. Yeah. And it's like blowing in the wind. How do you pin down water? He spent his life trying to figure that out. <laughs> That's like a Mr. Miyagi type thing that, oh, that Ed's trying to, trying to do. Also... That's how he describes our love. It's like water. And you're like, oh, that's beautiful. There's oh, probably something. Thanks, babe. And he's like, let me finish. <laughs> our love is like water, pinned down and abused for being strange. Oh, man. What's Chad doing these days? <laughs> <laughs> Chad around? It was the four of them that went out to a bar. The Chads hit on these girls, and there was a fourth one. And they're like, yeah, he's the lead singer you're going to like. And this girl's like, okay, cool. Thinking she's going to find another Chad. Yeah. Ed's sitting over there dipping his rat tail into, <laughs> into some cheese. They were at the melting pot. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> all over you, all over me, the sun, the fields, the sky. I've often tried to hold the sea, the sun, the fields, the tide. Mm-hmm. To him, it probably means everything. But to everyone else, it means absolutely nothing. No, I have not run into one song yet where it means something. <laughs> right. And the Chads don't care. They don't care. No, they're just rocking it out. <laughs> this is the time when a lot of music had a serious edge to it. You know, R.E.M.'s huge mm-hmm. Automatic for the People was very serious. We talked about the Cranberries, how serious they are. Nine Inch Nails is big at this time. Right. It was a very earnest time. And nothing is more serious than... Talking about your hometown. Did they write a, a, a nice homage to York? Is this like a Chamber of Commerce tourism song they I'm wrote? I'm guessing that they wrote it as a gift yeah, for sure. the Chamber of Commerce. The Peppermint Patty is America's sweetheart when it comes to <laughs> chocolate treats. Yep. York is beloved, and certainly these native sons oh, of yeah. York would write a great song honoring their hometown. Oh, let's hear it. I can't uh, wait to hear this. Yeah. I'm guessing that the Chamber of Commerce of York did not welcome this song with open arms. Hey, I'm guessing not. They were probably not too pleased with, uh, with, with how that turned out. What did he say? Chip town? Like chocolate chip town? I mint, guess that's mint, okay. Mint town? <laughs> mint town. Um, I love it. Yeah, mint town. Yay. <laughs> oh, what if they commandeered the song and changed it for like a tourism video and changed it to mint town? <laughs> I did read there was some discussion like... What did they mean by, they say, the weavers live up the street from me. Yeah, who are the weavers? Since they're in York, Pennsylvania, there was some thought that they were referring to, like, the Amish. 
I think it was one of the Chads was like, no, no, my mom's maiden name is Weaver. Like it's just a, it's just a name we used of local family name. The Weavers live up the street from me. The crackheads, they live down the street from me. The other Chad's like, that's my mom's (laughs) maiden name. That's my line. (laughs) I never met her, but my dad, I was like, what's mom's maiden name? He's like, that crackhead. (laughs) I don't know what he meant. Anyway, pass me the bong. (laughs) But then, you know, overgrown yards, even a, a fairly straightforward this about your hometown yeah. has to have some lines that are just kind of esoteric. This hard line symmetry of people and pets. The mailman visits each of us in turn. Write <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you see, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine the mailman coming up to deliver his like astrology magazine. And Ed, Ed looks at him and goes, tell me something. Do you visit each of us in turn? The guy's like, yeah, I'm just doing my job. Thank you. Thank you for your service. And the mailman's like, can you put a shirt on? <laughs> and then even like the town in the title of the song has an E at the end of it. To give it that colonial, <laughs> historical York the perspective. old ye old town. <laughs> So they write this. And then one of the other songs, Pillar of Davidson, which is also kind of an homage to where they grew up, a reference to the fact that there is a Caterpillar factory. So that's the pillar. Oh. And then a Harley Davidson factory nearby. It's more of a reference to like the the working class people, the good hardworking people of York, Pennsylvania. So he's trying to be like a rage against the machine. Yeah. By calling out the injustice of York. Right. All that peppermint patty money. (laughs) Big patty. Big patty on the hill. (laughs) The song was not a single. This wasn't a hit. You, you certainly weren't going to hear down on the radio in 1994. No. But this was also, again, in this era of listening through whole albums with your friends. Everyone knew the song. Oh, yeah. One to your point, because you got to say, you got to sing that. Yeah. But there was also a lot of folks who grew up in small towns. You can relate to this. That's right. And so it was, it was a relatable kind of song. They just happened to be calling out their hometown of York, Pennsylvania with it. Yeah. This is one of those albums that most people knew the whole album. Mm -hmm. You didn't just know the hits off it. There weren't really a lot of songs that you skipped, even though there are some not great songs on this album. Mm -hmm. You still knew them and you still listened to them. I think because of Down, I think it was many, many years before Live was asked to or even felt comfortable performing in York again for oh really a long time yeah <laughs> i think i think i think it was many years later i wonder if they brought up what about pillar of davidson yeah, that's celebrating the local economy <laughs> that's right maybe the in town symbolizes chocolate that's just slang they use for you know it's just chocolate. no man we were, we were trying to honor york pennsylvania so one thing we love to do on uh finest work songs is make us remove a song from the album so in this case, if Ed Kowalczyk kidnapped you, taken you to an abandoned warehouse, sat you down and made you listen to his book of poetry for three hours, unless you removed one song from the album, what, what song would that be? This was actually pretty easy for me because this album is almost really strong from top to bottom. And what is not strong is the top. Right. And that's the first song, The Dam at Otter Creek. Is your fucking what's been done? This is where sadness breathes. 
The sadness of everyone Just like all the guys With the damn it all the quick And all the world are backed up Deep enough to die This is the first time that we haven't done mm-hmm. an opening song We always like to include an opening song Because it's important to see how a band kicks off an album mm-hmm. But I just think they made a big mistake with this one I'm not even saying they would have to start with selling the drama or start with a hit, Mm -hmm. but I just think the song should have been left off the album. They have 14 songs on the album, probably cut three and made it even stronger. But my point is just, man, leave that one off. That would be the song I would remove as well. Thinking back to when we would listen to this album, we would always skip that song. Yeah. Like it would come on, like we'd listen to a few seconds of it and skip it. I couldn't tell you anything about the song. I don't remember the song. I just know I don't like it. I mean, I do think you, you start the album with, with selling the drama and that's a, to me, a perfect way to start this album. We've dogged a lot about this album, mm-hmm. particularly Ed Kowalczyk, <laughs> but this is an incredibly strong album. It's of its time. It's got that nineties angst and anger and it's in a lot of ways overproduced mm-hmm. and it's, earnest and deep in the way 90s albums were deep but i've thoroughly enjoyed going back and listening to this album it is to me one of those albums that holds up i think really really well couple of bros from york (laughs) and a really serious mystical poet shaman (laughs) they didn't quite become bigger than the peppermint patty but they sold 8 million copies and when you listen to this album you can't really argue with that it was that strong so All right, Matt, in these trying times, Mm -hmm. hope you and your family stay safe. Well, I'm I'm assuming they're safe. I mean, you and I, we're we're still (laughs) hunkered down. Yeah, we're we're going to take a break and then do another album. (laughs) (laughs) Are you, are you listening right now? We hope that you are enjoying music in this time and finding ways to connect with other people in all seriousness. These are tough times, so we hope that we can laugh and enjoy some lighthearted fun. In fact, Matt, I feel like our normal outro isn't very fitting for this time of trying to be sanitary and healthy, so maybe we should come up with a different one. We hope you wash your hands. There we go. Everyone out there, until next time, we hope you wash Wash your your hands. hands. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.